0: Hi, everybody, and welcome to Experience Van Life, the podcast with Frankie and Alex. I'm Alex.
1: And I'm Frankie.
0: And we're really excited to have you here today. We're going to be talking about something that we've been living through, which yeah. is winter van life.
1: Oh, And it has not been easy.
0: No, it comes with its very own particular set of challenges. Yeah. Obviously, we've been doing um, build episodes, and we're mm-hmm. going to get back to our build series. We just wanted to kind of drop this little wisdom nugget in between because we're it's, kind of in the thick of it right yeah, now
1: it's still the middle of winter and uh we want to share some of the challenge that we faced with you guys because we know that you guys are going to actually experience some of these challenges as well so if you are just getting into van life this may be a really helpful podcast for you
0: mm-hmm. and i know like in some of the facebook groups that we're in a lot of people just avoid winter van life completely. <laughs> yeah. But there's so much beauty and fun, and there's so many things to explore that are really only <clears throat> awesome in the winter. Yeah. And so, you know, I think it would be a shame to completely miss out on it just because you don't want to be cold.
1: Yeah, exactly. And there's you could bundle up really well to go outside, and you feel you feel really warm. Um, but let's get into the. It's always cold out there.
0: It's always cold. It's always
1: cold. So you need, like, heat. Heat is required in your van.
0: Yeah. So we installed a diesel heater Mm -hmm. under our passenger side seat. That blows directly into the space, and it's hooked directly into our diesel engine. Yeah,
1: which was a fair task in itself.
0: But... Yeah, we had to drop the whole uh-uh. thing. I don't think you'd have to drop the whole thing if you just had the, um, the auxiliary connection. port. Yeah, the connection. But we needed to change the pump anyways, and so Frankie just got covered in diesel.
1: Yeah, that was fun. I smelled <laughs> like diesel for about three weeks.
0: Yeah, and his clothes <laughs> got washed like seven times and still smelled like Alex diesel. Alex was like,
1: oh my God, don't come near me. <laughs> <laughs> it was
0: really bad. <laughs> but, all
1: right but there's so many different ways you could heat your van
0: yeah so obviously the diesel heater we find to be really good we bought the knockoff brand there is yep. a much more expensive brand that you can get um but the 150 fifty dollar one is serving all of our needs it's heating our space we don't have a thermostat where you can control the actual temperature so it's either on or it's off
1: well you could you could set a timer but i really don't know when uh to set that timer We could set it for like overnight when it's freezing cold. But what happens when it's not cold? Then I have to go and manually shut it off. I'd rather just manually shut it off with the remote.
0: All the yeah.
1: time. But you could also get like a Mr. Buddy heater, mm-hmm. which is a propane heater. Um, but what you have to do when you have a propane heater is you got to make sure that you have some type of ventilation system in the van, which most of us do. We have that fan that you can open up. and you. Or can, you
0: could crack a window you crack if you don't window. have like it's, a Max Air fan in the
1: <clears throat> And those Mr. Buddy heaters are super efficient. Um, They give off a ton of heat, uh, but you also have to be careful that you don't set up any fires. Yeah, and if you have
0: pets, a Mr. Buddy Heater might not be a good idea because they might knock it over. Or, you know, like it's just, it's a little bit more dangerous of an option. Yeah,
1: it's not stationary, unless you make it stationary. You know, you can move something like that around where ours is stationary underneath the seat. We don't have to worry about it.
0: Yeah, and we don't have to worry about <clears throat> getting an extra tank of diesel because yeah. it's already fed into our gas tank.
1: Yeah. So another way to keep all this heat inside is making sure that you are insulated very well and insulating your windows as well. So we have very well insulated walls. And then Alex made these really cool uh, little things that fit over a reflective uh, b- black on one side and, like, another fabric to match the inside so it keeps the space really homey. Um, but they attach to the window, and it keeps any cold air from coming through that window, and it helps tremendously.
0: Mm-hmm. Do you remember the other night when you were like, let's not put the front window covers up. I was up. like, let's, it'll be fine. let's
1: test this. And it was actually one of the most cold nights that we've had so far. Yeah. It was, like, negative 8 outside Fahrenheit. And, uh... We left that down, and you could feel the air in the space was actually crisp.
0: Yeah, and the heater was just pumping all night but not really doing anything because a lot of that hot air just escapes through the windows. So obviously we have insulation behind our walls, which we did when we were building, um, but having the windows covered is super important.
1: Yes, it is. Um, Yeah, so just making sure that you have all your little cracks and holes and stuff that will allow air through as well. Sometimes we even put up a yoga mat uh, over the doorway area that we have because it's not fully insulated just due to the mechanism not working properly. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> we put a yoga mat over that area and it actually works. as a really good insulator. It's really good. And it stops any of that cold air from coming through that space.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the next thing, you have to have some really good blankets. Yeah. We don't have anything that's specifically rated for, like, outdoor camping or anything like that. We have a great big down comforter on our bed, and then we have another kind of, like, faux fur blanket Mm -hmm. on top of that. Mm -hmm. And it's very cold when you get into it, but it does trap your body heat in. So within, you know, 30 minutes of being in bed, (laughs) it's very nice and warm. Yeah,
1: we're basically sweating once we get into that area. But, uh... One thing you could do to compete with that really cold bed is you could just flip your sheets over, open them up all the way, and allow that heat from the space to actually hit the bed and stuff. Yeah. And it, will, it will warm up your bed enough to where when you get in, you're not like, holy crap, that's freaking cold. Uh-huh.
0: <laughs> the other thing you can do is get a hot water <laughs> bottle. Um, And so you would boil some water, fill your hot water bottle with the boiling water, and then put that under your sheets yeah. or on top of your sheets, but that'll help kind of warm the space before you get into it. And then it's mm-hmm. also nice to like hold or hug as you're sleeping if it's a really cold night. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And especially depending on whatever type of insulation and heating situation you have, that would help a lot. Um, but we also, another thing we do is we sectioned off the front area of our space with all these blackout curtains and they are super, uh insulated actually it doesn't let any of that cold air pass through which is amazing yeah um and we actually made a little cutout so we could magnetize it around the diesel heater that way that doesn't uh start to burn up or anything from the diesel heater and how hot that temperature is coming out um but yeah those blackout curtains help a lot Uh, And one thing that will happen overnight when you guys are sleeping, if you have all your windows covered with reflectics, is you will get freeze-ups on your window.
0: Mm -hmm. So So that's like basically you've created a layer of ice in between, uh, well, the window and the vapor barrier. Mm -hmm. So in the morning, we'll have to turn on the defrost for the front window, but also often we're scraping the inside of the window to get the ice off of that as well. What we did find, though, was that um cracking the the vent just a tiny bit yeah um like to the outside world really stops a lot of that condensation from building mm-hmm. but the trade off is then your space won't be quite as warm
1: yeah for sure um so what we like to do in the morning when that time like when we get up in the morning we have to drive we turn the truck on we get it running for a little bit and we actually use the recycled air uh so we press in the button so we can recycle the air inside the van
0: because the uh, air inside the van is it's already way warmer warm. yeah
1: so we recycle that air as our defrost right and it makes that window melt so much faster yeah
0: and then you just need a little <laughs> towel or something to down. wipe up the, yeah. the moisture that's yeah. coming off of that um <clears throat> so the other thing that's kind of annoying is that your feet are always going to be a little bit wet or a little bit Cold, snowy or, or a yeah. little bit muddy because you know mm. you live in a van you're probably going to spend a fair bit of your time outside of the van so when you come back with your muddy dirty snowy shoes
1: <laughs> you need somewhere to put them
0: yes and so we have our Space. Obviously, the front cab area, there's a rubber floor, which yes. is like the default that comes with our van. Yes. The back area, we have a nice wooden floor that we added with a nice rug. Mm-hmm. I don't want any of that snowy, muddy, dirty shoe on our nice rug and, in the back.
1: And I don't want to get yelled at for it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> So we are always coming in and out of the front doors. We hardly ever use the side door as an entrance or exit unless we're giving like a van tour to somebody. Um, We're always coming in and out the front. And then as soon as you get in the front, you can kick your feet off Mm -hmm. outside the door and then take your shoes off inside the house on the rubber floor.
1: I find two purposes of coming in through those front doors. Uh, one, for our boots and, and everything and no mud coming into the back, and two, to keep the heat inside the back of the mm-hmm. space. So, like, when we open up that side door, that heater's right there, and it allows, like, an inrush of cold air, where when we come in through the front, those curtains are sort of blocking it, and it sort of gets trapped in that front cabin mm-hmm. rather than coming to the back. So mm-hmm. I think it's great for that as well. But, yeah, just being able to take off our shoes in the front, let them, like, you know, throw out and and uh, clean them up but just bang them out real quick outside the door mm-hmm. it, it helps tremendously it keeps our space way cleaner too
0: absolutely because yeah. that front area is pretty dirty
1: <laughs> yeah yeah, oh, yeah yeah
0: the floor Actually, just yeah, like built. i
1: legit looked at it yesterday oh no uh like right where the crack is where the two floors meet right and i definitely saw i was like i need a vacuum yeah <laughs> yeah
0: Um, but because that's not our, like, living space, it's not so important that it's, and it's a more industrial space, you Mm -hmm. could say, because it's the front and it's rubber. So, like, if we need to just, like, you know, brush it out, then that's cool. Let's take one second and say hi to everybody on the live chat. So, this podcast is also a live chat on YouTube. And we have to say hi to the Unpaved Explorer. He dropped in to say hello on his way to work, and we super appreciate that. Yeah, thanks
1: for taking your time, even on your way to work, to stop by and check us out.
0: Yeah, and then uh, Buenos Tros 2020. 2020. Um, I'm probably saying that not great. But he stopped in to say hi, too. He is an awesome guy, and his videos are pretty cool, as so are the Unpaved Explorers videos. So go check those guys out.
1: We should be in California not too long from now.
0: Yeah, we're really excited for that. Yeah. We'll be in
1: Tahoe area around like the 13th, I think, of March. Yeah,
0: so right now, an update from the road, which we forgot to do. Yeah. We are on. We just finished mountain number 54 yesterday. Well, and then
1: I actually snowboarded Loveland Pass, so I guess we could make that 55.
0: Yeah, we're going to have to add that to our spreadsheet. Yeah. So we're currently on track to get the world record for the most mountains snowboarded in a single season, we're looking. We're probably going to do about seventy nine mountains.
1: Yeah, I think it's somewhere seventy eight, seventy nine mountains at this point, and who knows? I might wind up hiking another ridge or something. That's yeah. just a random ridge and not a
0: resort. Yeah, we'll see. To add it, yeah. Because originally, if you look up our hashtag, it's hashtag seventy one mountains, but we're going to do way more than that, um, which is pretty crazy. So, okay, let's get back on track. Um, so we talked about the muddy boots. You're also going to have some wet clothes. So we snowboard a fair bit, and obviously you have the pants, you have the mitts. Everything gets kind of covered in snow. Everything yeah. gets wet. So we hang all that in the hooks. Um,
1: yeah, the hooks are actually located directly above the sliding door, which is uh, directly above our heater which works out absolutely perfectly because overnight or during the day when we hang up all our clothes, that heater will dry out our clothes. Mm -hmm. And next morning we have nice, warm, dry clothes. So having hooks in particular places like over your heating area – helps out tremendously, and it gets rid of all that wet clothes that you may have if you didn't have that heater or those hooks there.
0: Absolutely. And it works really well. Like, by the next morning, everything is bone dry and ready to wear again. Mm -hmm. Everything. So, another challenge with winter van life is that it can be a little bit depressing.
1: Yeah, especially in the beginning. In
0: the beginning, but in the early winter when it's so dark so early and the days are so short and it's cold and... It's really hard for your body to be, I feel like, outdoors that well,
1: much. Well, I personally can't lie because, like, since I love snowboarding so much, it's very rare for it to become depressing for me because I'm constantly outside during the day. Right. Um, and I'm snowboarding every single day because of the goal and the challenge we have to meet hashtag 71 mountains. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but yeah, but so basically I'm always outside, so it's less depressing for me. But in the earlier uh, months of the winter, and it's like... and it's getting dark outside, I'm in the van by that time. So it's like, all right, what do we do from there? You know, like, do we just drive to a new location? Or, like, you know, do we get out a flashlight and explore or something? And do we just, like, make a campfire somewhere in the middle of nowhere? There's so many different things you can do. Mm -hmm. It's just whether or not you're willing to do it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And also, I mean, maybe just listen to your body a little bit. Like, when it gets dark so early and we are you know traveling and so we're driving from you know 5 p.m to 8 p.m to get to the next place and it's completely pitch black by the time we get there it feels like it's midnight and we're ready to go to bed So, you know, that's not necessarily a bad thing because then you can wake up bright and early the next day. But the problem comes in where your solar panels are also experiencing this darkness and they're also not getting as much sunlight. The day is shorter if it's a cloudy day, if it's, you know, a snowy day when there's no sun at all. Your solar panels are really going to have a hard time keeping up. So it's important that you conserve energy. So, you know, maybe don't run all your electronics. You know, certain things you have to be able to power. So for us, it's the heater. We need to make sure that we have enough solar power for the heater. So we might not charge our laptops and not charge our phones and use Mm -hmm. an external um, power bank for that kind of stuff. Because we need to have the heater
1: running. So the one great thing about the heater is once it's running, uh, you could get your battery bank down to 10.6 volts before it actually will shut off. You should never get your battery bank that low. Um, There are times where we've gotten down to like 11.6. Our heater stayed on, all that stuff stayed on, which was great. Uh, And we have AMG batteries, so we got to be really careful about that anyway. Um, so yeah, it's just being very, very, uh, uh, understanding of what you're using mm-hmm. and allowing yourself to ha- maximize your, your warmth in your van and stuff like mm-hmm. that.
0: We met at a couple, we were kind of parked up next to them mm-hmm. and they blew through all of their electricity. And so in the middle of the night, their heater turned off. Yeah. Um, so what they did was that they just started the car and, you know, blew the hot air from the engine, from the vehicle into the back area. And so that works. It's probably not going to be as effective because you've only got a couple of heaters trying Mm -hmm. to heat a really big space.
1: Yeah. And you're also wasting your gas a lot more because your vehicle takes a lot more to run than the little tiny yeah, diesel heater. Yeah, but if it's
0: a question between like...
1: Get it, being freezing cold yeah, and, and like being warm, yeah, definitely do it. Yeah, sure. but so
0: if you conserve your resources like that, and the other resource that we really need to conserve is actually water. So the way that our plumbing system works is we have a giant tank in the back. It's 32 gallons, I believe. Mm. And we have to hook up a garden hose basically from an external source to our tank so this is fine in the summer when everybody's garden hoses are open and running and everything is you know flowing but in the winter a lot of these outdoor hoses get shut off because the pipes will freeze and the pipes will burst potentially yeah so a homeowner or a business would rather um shut off these pipes drain the water out of them and not use them until spring Because they, you know, it could potentially be a very expensive problem. Yeah. So that's great. And I understand that because we've had a couple of plumbing freezes up that were really frustrating. And we've actually added a heat trace to all of our plumbing to make sure that that doesn't happen again.
1: Um, Another thing is like when you add something like that, the heat trace, you know once again you're going to use a lot of power when you put something like that in yeah so. so we we have solar panels but in the early winter months you don't get enough solar to maintain things like that and utilize them so you have to put in like a battery to battery charger or have some type of shore plug and be have places to plug into uh but the battery to battery charger is huge and it saved our lives a few times in mm-hmm. the sense of uh keeping enough energy in the van to where we could use everything, including that heat trace.
0: Yeah, and so next week we're actually going to talk about powering your van, so we're going to get back to the build series, Mm -hmm. and we're going to talk about electricity and all that, but just very briefly, a battery-to-battery charger is basically when the battery from your car engine charges the batteries from your solar system. Well,
1: actually, it's more like your alternator, your... your Getting power from your alternator to charge the back batteries.
0: Right. Yeah. So when your car is running... We just it ran
1: through the front battery right. to make it easier of a running, like, you know, to get it back there. Quick. Right.
0: So mm-hmm. when your car is running, you're charging your batteries. <clears throat> Correct. Um, so another thing that you have to think well, about is an, keeping your lines. Another thing
1: is, too, is, like, when you, when you have that on, if you have it manually where you're doing it yourself, you have to make sure that you have an on-off switch and you shut that switch off you know, 20 minutes before you're going to actually shut off your car because you want to maintain that front battery as high as possible. So mm-hmm. that way it makes it easier for you to start and stuff Well, that yeah, way. and
0: also in the morning if your car is <clears throat> having difficulty starting because that's happened to us before, yeah, um, you need to make sure that your front battery is fully charged so that you can crank your engine yep. if you need to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but so getting back to the water you have to kinda of conserve your water and make it last for as long as possible because all these pipe systems are shut down and so places like we would find things on iOverlander that would say you can fill up here but it's not a winterized fill up so you really can't fill up
1: there. Yeah, you really can't. It's uh it it's amazing how many places that we thought we might be able to fill up and then like we sorta were like, oh man, we can't go here, we gotta go somewhere mm-hmm. else and we keep like searching um, I mean, I think we spent, like, two hours one day just trying to find a place to fill up. And it was probably, like, more like two days, really, is what we wound up spending. Because right. we stopped at a bunch of gas stations and asked if they had winterized spigots. Yeah, and, like, we
0: were even at a friend's house at and a their friend's water house was and, all shut down. Yeah, they,
1: they were like, oh, I'm sorry, I don't have any outdoor uh, uh, plumbing, uh, outdoor plumbing Hercups, in the winter, yeah. hookups in the winter. Um, but luckily, we've been fortunate enough, our water system lasts us almost a month.
0: Because we're conscious right. about how much and we like, use. even when
1: we, like, wash the dishes, we, like, barely turn on the water. Yeah. We, like, scrub like, our dishes before we, like, turn the water on at all. and um, It's yeah. just
0: being conscious about your resources Which, because, like, the less you use, the less often you're going to have to refill your tank.
1: Yeah. Which I think is really good anyway because it's good for the environment. We're not, we, we have a much smaller footprint in a sense. Like, we don't utilize as much as other people do in like a regular home because some people just turn on the tap and like walk away and yeah it's interesting when we get to and... somebody's
0: house like we're at a friend's house right now and they've been so awesome and so yeah. generous and we're like we're going to shower every day yeah. for, like, 20 minutes, yeah.
1: you know? And, and then one thing I noticed is, like, when I come into other people's house, when I go to wash my hands or wash things, I, like, barely turn on the faucet. <laughs> and I'm, like, washing my hands because I'm so in used like to nothing, the van. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, I'm like, oh, I'm in the house. I could use more than this. But I still try not to use more.
0: Right. So the other resource that you're going to have to kind of think about or just, like, the plumbing is shut off from the outside. Yeah, A lot of campgrounds and free places to park will also be shut down. So things that you might find on iOverlander, which is an awesome app and will give you a lot of free places to camp, mm-hmm. will kind of you know be a double-edged sword sometimes because you'll see a campsite, you'll think it's really good. Frankie really has to I take, to this, take phone this phone call. call yeah super important because um, he's dealing with the, like a lease issue and the woman's yes. finally called him back. So he's going to go deal with that. Um, but yeah, so on I overlander, these campsites that look open and sound like they're going to be really good you get there and they're completely snowed in um or it's so muddy that you can't drive into it or it would be dangerous to drive into it especially with a giant van um so you kind of have to be a little bit more cautious about where you're going to park and so boondocking it becomes a little bit more complicated in certain areas so you're going to have to kind of Think about that and maybe choose more you know, public places, so like the Walmart parking lots or the gym parking lots because you know that they're plowed and that it's good ground for your car to drive on. Okay, so kind of last, we wanna talk about um, must-have winter gear. So things that you need to have in your car to be able to manage the winter and have a really good time. So obviously a shovel is really important um, in case you get snowed in, in case you have to dig something out. Um, Having a shovel in the car is completely vital. Having a window scraper is also really important uh, to clean your windshield off, also to clean your solar panels off. So if you don't have um, like a built on ladder, having a ladder inside of your vehicle, so we have one that kind of collapses, that we store in the garage and then we'll pull out when we need to get up to the roof area. And I mean, again, we talked about having solar panel. If your solar panels are completely covered in snow, you're not gonna get any electricity. So you need to get up there and clean them off. It's also the safe thing to do before you drive so that sheets of ice and giant piles of snow aren't like falling on the cars behind you. Because you have a really big surface area up there so you should really be cleaning it off when it snows um the other thing that's really important to have are snow chains Obviously, we're going to all these different mountains, and so the terrain that we're going over is very up and down, very, you know, snowy on purpose that we're hoping for it to be snowy, Um, but there's been certain areas where we had to chain up. There's certain roads that you are legally not allowed to drive on. If you don't have snow chains, I think Frankie's got yeah. some good news about his lease. Yeah. It's deemed as a full term. Yay! Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome, <laughs> so you don't have to worry about that. They sent him a bill for $30,000. It was like
1: $32,000, and like I went through like this procedure um, that I was supposed to do, did everything they said, and then they told me that I did it wrong. Ugh and i mean i went through calls and talked to this lady miss garcia from christ capital and she took care of everything. And, yes. <laughs> I'm so freaking grateful. That's awesome, babe.
0: <mwah> Yay! Yeah, I'm so we'll celebrate happy. later today for sure yeah. with uh, the $32,000 that we're not going to have to spend. <laughs> yeah, on now that. it's
1: only going to be like a grand instead. Sweet. So, That's yeah. so good. Yeah, awesome. That, yeah. All right, cool. Back to the spray.
0: yeah <laughs> Okay. So I just talked about snow chains and how you have to have them in some places. Um, so the other thing that you obviously need to have is windshield wiper fluid because yeah. you're going to want to be cleaning your windshield. Well,
1: yeah, because you have like you have a lot of salt and like the dirt and dust and stuff that comes up onto your window, so like you use it a lot more in the winter time, uh, just from like that wet the ice melt and stuff right and if windshield. you're behind
0: a truck or something and they're splashing An- everything Another into thing
1: that we actually use it for is for our gray tank.
0: Just a little bit and yeah. I really don't like to do it.
1: Well, I know you don't like to do it, but it is biodegradable. I mean, it is windshield wiper fluid. It's sprayed on your windshield and then it goes to the earth. No matter right. what. So like we pour a little bit of that into the gray water tank because we don't have that that one heat traced. Yeah, so, and so you don't
0: want that to freeze up either because yeah. then you're not you can't dump it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you
1: need you, you, you still take the proper precautions to dump it and everything like that so as long as you're doing all that the right way you don't have to worry about the uh the other end of it yeah. sweet yeah.
0: um and so lastly for a diesel engine particularly having uh what is called 911 and you pour it into your gas tank when you're filling up
1: yeah so this fluid basically what it does is it allows your um fuel not to gel up So in like really cold temperatures, diesel is like an oil, it's an uh, oil-based fluid. And in such cold temperatures, it will actually gel up and it will make it, uh, it will like basically seize your your car so you can't start it. So you pour this stuff called 911 in and that loosens it up and allows it to be winterized. For the most part, 95% of these uh, gas stations that we go to seem to have winterized uh, uh diesel and at so this point
0: some of them will actually say on the from fuel december pump, to this
1: one yeah minus whatever degree
0: we have winterized diesel yeah
1: and it gives you a temperature gauge so like it could work into like up to minus 20 degrees and it could work in up to minus whatever degrees uh so so like january to february they have uh even more winterized fuel uh, rather than like in early December or November mm-hmm. they would have less winterized fuel. Right. And so on and so forth. So
0: if you're not sure you can always go in and ask the attendant who's yes. working at the gas station. Um but having a bottle of this on board is always just a great in case. Idea. Um because again like starting your engine in the cold and all these things, it'll be so much easier if your diesel is winterized.
1: Yes. Mm-hmm.
0: And so, lastly, obviously, if you don't like winter van life, you live in a van.
1: And drive south. Yeah. <laughs>
0: you have the option at any time to pick up and go. Mm. Obviously, people get stuck in certain places for certain reasons. Some people like us are actually chasing winter and hoping for snow. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. with that comes cold weather. Um, so, we're really enjoying winter van life. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> um, we're also probably really going to enjoy summer van life.
1: Oh, yeah. I'm I'm a little worried about, like, it being very hot.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, I'm sure summer van life will have its own particular set of challenges because no matter what, in a van, you're so much more exposed to mm-hmm. the elements yeah. than you are in a vehicle. Yeah. So it's you just have to, like, manage your surroundings mm-hmm. and know what's going on um, so that you can, you know, have the best night's sleep possible.
1: Yeah. Um, speaking of sleep, parking in places... ...that are off the beaten path.
0: Oh, we ta- I talked about oh, that. Oh, okay, you yeah. did? Yeah. 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 You but don't yeah. want to be right next
1: to the highway. But uh-huh. with all that being said, um, winter van life for us has been absolutely amazing. And I'm sure you would enjoy it too. The key is find some winter hobbies that you could enjoy in the wintertime. That way you're not sitting in your van the whole entire winter and getting depressed in there.
0: Yeah, because so. there's certainly been a couple of days where Frankie's been on the mountain... ...and I'm, you know, in the van... And by the end of the day, I'm a little bit stir-crazy because I just really, like, need to get out there. Mm -hmm. So we're going to sign off. This is kind of like... You know, I yeah. think the last topic that we wanted to talk yeah. about.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. We um, gotta wrap it up too. And me. we have
0: a telephone call at 9 a.m. So a telephone we call at
1: 9 a.m. I got to get to the mountain, <laughs> A Basin, Mountain Number 56 of the season. Yep. Um, yeah. So we got a lot to do it's and a busy not day. enough time.
0: I know. So be sure to follow along on the journey on Instagram. You can find me. I'm the Hungry Health Coach. Frankie is f bomb underscore vlogs. Or you can look up hashtag Seventy One Mountains and find all of our content. Just gonna give a quick shout out to the other couple of people who are in the live chat right now. Hayun has been very nice. She says glad to meet you, and we're glad to meet you too. (laughs) Um, Cynthia Hoffman. Is also suggesting huh. driving to Drive the beach. Drive to the
1: beach. Get to the beach now. Yes. Oh, we, we actually really do love and enjoy winter van life, but we can't wait for the beach as well. So, Cynthia, maybe we'll see you out there. Yeah, With. we're for
0: sure planning on spending some time in Mexico and doing the whole Pacific Coast Highway. And we're really excited for yeah. all the summer adventures and the hiking. Honestly, I
1: can't wait to see the Oregon coast. Yeah, Woo, that's no. Gonna be everything's going to be
0: so gorgeous. Yeah. But for now, we're going to go keep exploring. Exploring all of these beautiful winter destinations um, and enjoying the majesty of the snowy mountain caps.
1: It it truly is magical for sure.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So be sure to stay tuned next week. We're going to jump back into our build series, talk about our solar system and how we're powering this whole Mm -hmm. rig. And we will see you there.
1: Yeah. Thanks for joining us, guys. See you next time. Bye. If you guys are loving this
0: FNA podcast and you want more, you're in luck. We've decided to release a special exclusive podcast every single month that's going to take you way more behind the scenes on what van life is really like.
1: All you have to do is just join our
0: Patreon and we're going to hook you guys up. Patreon is a website where you can support creators that you love, hopefully like us, f Van Life. For a small monthly donation,
1: you guys need to get more podcasts from us and also direct access to our YouTube videos before they even come out.
0: Go to FNAvanlife.com slash Patreon to sign up today and get instant access to so much behind the scenes content.